Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves in one. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. We jump in and introduce you to our special guest. Her name is Gina Folk. She is the founder of the Folk Group. Gina is a business owner and author, and author who operates as a functional, excuse me, fractional COO for various different businesses in corporate America and is always looking for ideas to expand her portfolio and to help educate other business owners with her experiences throughout her career. Gina holds an MBA from Belmont University and a BS in psychology and business from Vanderbilt University. She is a certified Lean Six Sigma black belt. And by 28, Gina took her seat in a Fortune 500 company as a director of supply chain operations. Gina has over 25 years of experience helping organizations and individuals to achieve outstanding performance results. She led global organizations in chain effort, change efforts that have delivered improvements valued in the tens of millions of dollars. Gina has developed over 30 proven techniques that she has used during her career at various Fortune 500 companies, nonprofit groups, and local organizations. She has mentored hundreds of ind individuals, both one-on-one -on -one and in teams, to become better leaders. She's the author of the book, People Leadership, which we'll get a chance to learn a little bit more in the middle of the program. And she lives in Tampa, St. Pete. And she was able to say that she is well with this uh, Hurricane Ian. And so we're grateful that you are here today in light of all the devastation that was going on in Florida. But welcome, Gina, to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Rich. Yeah, it's really nice to meet you. And uh, I want to start off before we get into some, a specific question. Um, talk about the differences. I was reading a little bit about your bio and your background. and uh, But the difference between being a, a fractional CEO or COO. Just give, oh. our, give our listeners a little bit of flavor of, you know, what your role would be then in your, because you're, you're a COO in, in yep. this particular story, right? That is a great question um, because uh, entrepreneurs, especially I'm finding a lot of them think, oh, I need a CEO and I need a CFO, uh, but I don't know what this thing called COO is. And I'm like, okay, great. That's great. Let, us, let me talk about it. So really I tell them when they're asking me the distinction, like the CEOs um, are normally the people... Uh, ideally in a business, and Michael Gerber even says this in the e-myth uh, that he wrote many years ago, that the CEOs ideally are the ones that are setting the vision. They're kind of the face to the, the community, the face to the customers. They're the ones that are the face of the company. They're really um, what uh, Gino Wickman calls the uh, visionary in a company. Um, and then you have the CFOs, which are really on the back end, which are looking at your numbers and making sure all the numbers are right and your cash flows right and your profits and loss are correct. And the COO is the one that connects the two and does all the stuff in the middle. Um, and oftentimes you are like, well, what do you mean all the stuff in the middle? So anything it takes from when you get the sale from your client 
um, of your product or service to when you actually bill um, that client, that a good COO will manage all of that. Um, making sure that the processes are running effectively, efficiently, and making sure the people um, are being utilized the best. Okay, and we'll get a chance to jump into more about your company in the middle of the show, but I really thought that was an important thing to differentiate because yeah. a lot of people don't really understand the the, fun, the different differences in operations. So uh, yep, thank you for doing that. So I'm going to take you back a little bit in life. Okay, you, you are, have your own company. All right. And if I understand correctly, you're reading your bio. You didn't, you didn't always have your own company. You worked for corporate America. So I would love to hear your story. What happened? You know, I always say people either got in business voluntarily or involuntarily, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they got there. So uh, tell us a little bit about your story. How, how, did, how did the folk group uh, come about? Yeah. So mine's a combination of uh, <laughs> involuntarily and voluntarily, probably. Um, so I did work for a large corporation. That's where I grew up. I learned a lot. Um, unfortunately, after my uh, long tenure there, I would have likely still been there. But, you know, there was a different path I was supposed to take. Uh, that company went bankrupt. And so I was forced and faced uh, at a crossroads of, okay, now what? I have 20 some odd years of experience. I had a lot of freedom and flexibility in the company that I worked for. And now what? What am I going to do? Am I going to get a new job at a new corporation? Um, what do I do? And every part of my being was telling me, Rich, that don't go get another job take what you've got and go help other people. Um, you're not going to, that's not what you're meant to do. You're not meant to go back into just one company. You're meant to go in and serve multiple people. And so um, that involuntary, I mean, I knew it was coming, um, but that was the, that was the, the thing that kicked me off and over into what's next for me. How and that's really ago, when it started. How long ago was that? Um, that was probably, well, that was at least 12 years ago. Okay. Um, and then I, I mean, if you're going to start a business, especially if you're in business with services and you're, the service is you, uh, <laughs> there's a lot more preparation to do on yourself than I was prepared for. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took some time, uh, to, that's when I wrote my book, because at first I thought, Ooh, I'm going to go be this published author and I'm going to speak and I'm going to do all this leadership coaching. And it's just going to be what I do because that's what some mentors and that's what a lot of business experts said, go write a book. When you write a book, you've got a business. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's not as easy as it sounds. I'm just going to tell you right here and right now. Yeah, I got my own book. <laughs> I got my own book to testify for that. So. <laughs> um, I mean, so I went through, wrote my book. It was great. I did it. You know, it's one of those things. It's like people, you wrote a book. Yes, I wrote a book. Um, but for me, it was a means to an end. Like it was not, I never intended to be an author. Um, I wrote this book because I genuinely thought and believed the experts that it was going to lead me to um, what was next for me in business. That didn't happen. Um, but that didn't happen. I mean, my book did well, but I got major imposter syndrome. Um, and, and I felt a lot of, wait, no, I don't think this is right. I'm not going to be a leadership coach. Something was missing. It, it just wasn't mm -hmm. the right thing, but I was clear. I still 
did not want to go work for anybody else. I still desired to help as many companies as possible with this expertise that I had. Um, and then that's when I really started doing some of the more of the consulting work. Um, and at first I came out and I was just doing consulting work, helping friends that had businesses with their projects and with different things until somebody, until I had another mentor tell me, hey, Gina, this thing you do called operations, not very many people know how to do it. Not very many people know how to organize processes and systems to make businesses work more effectively. And I was like, what do you mean not very many people do that? <laughs> no idea. I had no idea. It's just something that I've been good at my entire life, um, organizing and making things work better. It's just one of those natural gifts. So once they said that and they said, have you ever heard anything called this um, fractional COO? I was like, no, what is that? Um, and then I started branding myself as that. I had uh, several people start referring me. And now here, three or four years later, after I really came out and did all the networking and figured out what course I was going to take, I have several clients that I absolutely love and adore. Um, and it's it's just a lot of fun now. Now, is fractional, uh, being a fractional CEO, uh, like a you go on someone's assignment for six months, and then you're done, or is it you were working maybe one hour a month for three years? Yeah, it so both? it varies. It varies. Yeah. It's all of the above. Um, I have some clients that are in um, a growth stage where they're like, I need you to help me lead this organization because I don't know. I haven't had experience in business or scaling companies, so they want to keep me longer. I actually had one client when I came in to do an assessment for him. Um, they said, hey, I, I don't want you to be here forever. So um, can you arrange this? And I said, sure, that's the whole point. I come in, I help organize your team, then I'll help hire somebody else if that's what you want me to do. Um, and now they're like, hey, I, I don't think you should leave. Can you just stay with us for a while? <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it varies. I have other clients that have me for a couple of hours a month. I have another client that's, you know, one or two hours every other month. So it just varies. I really love to meet people where they are um, and where they need me the most. I can see you're passionate about this. And I love the story where it kind of evolved. So I want to take you back again into that story. Um, I'm going to ask you two sides, two questions, either side of the coin. What are some decisions that you made you look back on that maybe you said I would have done differently? Yeah. So if I had, I totally would have done writing the book differently. Um, that book, as I said, was a means to an end. Had I re-looked at what was the what was a what was a different intention behind that book, I see that I could have used that as a platform to help companies, but I just wasn't clear. Um, because the way I wrote that book, it was, it was intended to be a resource. Um, and so I, I recognized I didn't really have a good plan. I was like, I treated, I treated my book like a project. Oh, it's a project. I got it done. No really intention or plan behind it. It's just one of those, like you write a book and magically you're going to get all this business. That's <laughs> not how it works. Um, so I would definitely have had more intentionality around that. All right. Well, then you did some really good things. You're successful now. You've weathered this transitional thinking and process and to get to where you are today. Is there any one or two key decisions that you made that you would say are really uh, the catalyst behind your success? 
Yeah. So I originally, when I came out and was telling people I was on my own, I just sent an email to my network and said, Hey, here's what I have to do. Um, and, and that was great. But what I didn't have, I realized then I didn't have a large enough network. So I did what I disdained doing. And that was, I actually got out in the community and went to events and networking events. And I I am definitely a, an introvert. I love people and I like to be around people, but those big events, oof, they're just not <laughs> what I love doing, but I did it. And through those connections, um, I was connecting with people on LinkedIn and just saying, hey, I would love to have coffee and meet you because I didn't really know anybody in the Tampa St. Pete community because I was still working for my company uh, when I moved there. So I didn't really know anybody local. So I went out and did a lot of networking meeting people. And through meeting those people, I met other fractional leaders that were in their own businesses that were also fractional. And we formed some relationships and they have been a huge piece of my referral source um, now. And I, had I not done that, I, I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. Great. You know, faced face some fears, right? Uh, I'm not, I don't like those large networking groups either, but it is part of our life and business. Yep. So uh, there are certain things we have to do that we don't like to get to the place we get to do the things we do like. Uh, yeah. Before we jump into the next question, I know you wrote the book. So I want to talk about that a little bit and what the, you know, if someone were to read it, what would be the benefit of it? But tell, tell us more about your business specifically. Who's your customer? Okay. Uh, uh, again, maybe a little bit more detail what that role would like uh, or how our listeners could figure out they want to utilize your services. Yeah, so the my ideal clients are those companies that are um, in in a really high growth stage, whatever that looks like for them. Um, they They have to be stable enough to have um, at least 20-ish employees. It could be a little bit less than that, but my sweet spot is somewhere between 20 and 100 plus employees. They're growing, they're experiencing, um, you know, that that wonderful thing called growth, but that also has its challenges. Um, so when I when my clients get to me, like they've usually been referred by somebody or they've heard about me through somebody, they're experiencing one of three things. One is I hear oftentimes I am overwhelmed. This growth is just too much. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it myself. Um, and so they're feeling very overwhelmed. They're also feeling unsure of what's next. Like they were clear of the direction of what they wanted or how they were going to navigate the growth at a certain stage, like that early growth stage, you can have your hands in all the, all the pies and do all the things. But when you grow out of the first stage into the next stage and your volume's really high, they can't see how to get to where, how do I even manage this? They can't see it. There's not clarity because a lot of the people that I work with, they had the passion to start their business, but many of them didn't really have a lot of large business expertise. Um, they, they just loved the thing. They did it and they started having success, but they didn't necessarily know or ever really want to manage a business. They just wanted to get their thing out there. Um, so a lot of times they're lacking that clarity. And then um, because they're in that high growth stage uh, or they've been trying to grow, the other thing that I'm hearing a lot from them is, you know, we're doing all this hard work, but I got nothing to show for it because our profits are just not turning the corner. 
Um, so that's usually what they come to me for. Um, at that point, I know they've got uh, those problems can be solved by looking at uh, their people and their ability to delegate to the people, leading people, um, looking at those plans that they have um, either mapped out or don't have mapped out, and then really looking at process. So we dig a lot into process, um, people, and plans when I work with teams. Yeah, I see all that on your website. Yeah. Process, people, and plans. I love it. You know, so I can see this it being in such a sweet spot because companies that are, even a company that's 20 employees is not the same in company when they have 100 employees. It morphs. Uh, and, and it has more you know, in a spidering type way and, and all it touches all departments and leadership and management and profitability and you know, invest more money to grow. And I could see that, you know, it could take a leader, uh, say a CEO off course. And yes. uh, unless they had someone and then, and they're not maybe financially in a position to have a full-time COO. Right. And uh, so fractional is perfect. You can come in, work with them in, in their needs. Like you said, meet them where their needs are. Yep. Okay help them get over that hurdle uh, and to the next level. And I think that's fantastic. Um, fantastic. So tell me, you wrote the book. I know you said you maybe you would have wrote it differently, but you still have it out there. Is, yeah. So if, if I were to read the book, I mean, it says people leadership. Is it, is it that obvious or is there some, is there a secret sauce behind there? Oh, no, it's that obvious. Um, <laughs> I, it is something that I'm extremely passionate about. And it's a lot of what I do for my um, companies that I work with because because a lot of them are like, okay, I, I can you just deal with my people? I just need you to do something with these people. They're not doing what I need them to do. Um, and so it is absolutely my passion and my pleasure to uh, help people become better leaders. Um, but I like to do it from the ground up. Um, so I really wrote that book to help leaders. Uh, so anybody that's managing people to help them understand hey, you're not managing a resource, you're managing a human being. Please understand, here's some things to consider to help you understand how to do that. Um, so, you know, my book has really resonated with people in um, corporations, particularly, even some of the team members that in the companies, they've read it. Um, and they're like, oh my gosh, you're helping me really understand how to, you know, really I don't like the word manage because I don't think you can manage people, um, but to help them lead people. So it is It is when I first wrote it, I was like, eh, it's really not that good. And I've had lots of people say, oh, but you don't understand from where I'm starting from. This is exactly what I needed to hear. I needed some tool to help me understand how do I deal with this person that I'm supposed to direct work through? How do I help work through that? Yeah, I mean, well said. I don't know what the statistic is. I used to say 85% of people hate their jobs, and then they redefine that. So 85% of people hate their bosses, yes. which means wrong leaders in the wrong place or just not trained. So I think you nailed it perfectly. Okay, let's jump into the second part. And I think this is probably really appropriate for your business and for what you could do for people because you're helping somebody in growth. Okay, mm -hmm. and now we got these headwinds today are pushing back. We got labor, we got supply chain, we got recession, political war, we got you name it, right? High interest okay. rates, and this company wants to grow, and they're kind of uh, heading right into the storm, if I could use that analogy. Um, so, two things you also, you're owner of your own company. So, yep. how are you navigating today's storms as a business? But also, how are you keeping yourself personally focused? 
Yeah. So as a business, um, I am continuously just putting myself out there, letting people know I'm here. Um, a lot of times when companies start seeing like recessions, they're like, oh my gosh, I need to stop what I'm doing. I need to pull back. I need to, and I'm like, okay, but you know, be careful. Let's just be cautious. Right. Cause if you pull back, how long does it take you to start the engine again? Mm. Um, but what I get them to focus on is, okay. So right now, if you're not seeing the growth that the clients aren't coming in right now, then let's focus on how do we service the clients that you do have? This is the same, what I do. How do you service the clients that you do have and make sure that your profits are going to be produced now. So this is a time um, if you're not seeing, if you're worried that your sales are 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 going to cut back some, then and it, and it actually does happen. Continue the marketing efforts, um, but look inside. This will be the time to look under the hood to prepare yourself for the growth that will come back. Because whatever this is, there's a lot of debate as to how long it's going to last. But we all know if something goes down, it has to go back up at some point. So this is the time to prepare for when it comes back up. Um, and that's kind of the same advice that I'm doing with my business too, like making sure that I'm doing what I need to do for my clients, that I'm seeing if I can um, add more value to them in any way, um, while at the same time still marketing myself, letting people know I'm out there. And the same goes for anybody right now. Do you, uh, for yourself, do you, are you an avid reader? Do you use mentors, coaches for yourself to uh, stay on target? All of the above. Um, I usually have at least one uh, personal growth book that I read. Uh, I have, I mean, I read fiction as well. So it's usually always a personal growth and a fiction book somewhere around. Can you share, um, can I you have, share with the listeners what that book is? Um, the book that I am reading, well, right now, yeah, I'll share with the listeners. Uh, that book is not one that many people think is a personal growth book. But for me, I've gotten back into uh, reading the Bible, but from really an application. How can I personally mm -hmm. use this to grow and be my highest self? Um, because if I show up as my highest self with other people, then, you know, it only, only the good is going to amplify. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's always, not... it's always been my dream to, uh, write a coral, a book that would take biblical principles and time to business principles and have that yep. direct. Cause so I, I agree with you. It's a great foundational builder. So, yeah, so many people don't see it as a personal growth book. And for many years I didn't, but oof. <laughs> there's a lot more in there if you can get past what your, you know, some of the challenges are. Um, so that is definitely one, but I, I have another one that I tend to pull out and read again. Um, it's called just listen. Um, it's all about influence and how do you actually influence an individual? Um, so it's a lot of reminding me that, that, that business is a people business. It's not, you know, it, it it's I'm becoming more and more aware of that for so many years. I was like, no, business is all about numbers. No, business is not just about them. The people drive the numbers. You can try it any other way, but that's what happens. The people drive the numbers. So, yeah, you know, I love that. I mean, you mentioned uh, one of the things is you say, because let me back up. A lot of times I ask this question about, is there an opportunity today? People go, oh, yeah, there's a great opportunity in chaos. And uh but a business leader has to step back and assess and where to, where to pivot and adjust. But opportunity isn't necessarily always getting new customers. I like what you said. A lot of times it's opportunities going back and saying, you know, you've been so busy lately. Why don't you go back and focus on your old existing customers and do better? And uh, mm -hmm. 
And I really, that's a good takeaway today to really think about that and say, okay, as much as we don't like the headwinds and the storms, sometimes it forces things to slow down. If we're slow down, we get a chance to clean up shop a little bit, as maybe they would say. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, I want to, do you have anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? If you were talking to them directly, let's talk, let's say you're talking to a corporate person who says, you know, I got to get a corporate America uh, before I, they voluntarily <laughs> yeah. put me out yeah. there. Uh, and I want to get into my own business. Let's talk to them. And then the other yeah. one, let's talk to a business owner saying, you know, gosh, you know, maybe I know there's opportunities out there. Maybe we should add additional revenue, revenue stream and expand. How would you talk yeah. to those two different people? Yeah, so to those individuals that are in corporate America today and have a, you know, a desire or a, a whispering or something that you want to start your own business, first I would say be very clear um, in what it is you want to do and that you can offer and start doing it. I know that it's, it's said in books all the time, but it really is true. Find a way to do it for some people in a very small scale to see two things. One, does it resonate with you? Is it really what you thought it was going to be? Um, and two, does it resonate with the people that you're doing it with? Um, I find so often people think, oh, I'm just going to quit my job and go start my business. They don't have any money. They don't have really an idea. You know, they've had family or friends that maybe have said, sure, you can do whatever you want to. It is not that easy. I mean, it is fabulous being, you know, in your own business because you do have freedom and flexibility. And it comes with you are now responsible for the bread that you bring home um, and getting those first several clients may take you four or five years plus, depending on what it is you're selling. Yeah. Um, so definitely make sure, you know, unless you just have an endless pile of money, make sure that you uh, uh, have that kind of under your belt, because that's going to build your confidence uh, to keep you going in the challenging times. True. Now speak to the business owner. Say you're the fractional CEO of my company and I'm going, Gina, I'm, I, I see the opportunities that I know, and but I'm not exactly sure how to get there or is this the right time? How would you be coaching me? Yeah. So first, what I would say is, um, are you, does whatever you're looking at is the opportunity in alignment with what your company currently either um, offers or the purpose behind your company? So often during times like these, I see those CEOs, especially the visionaries, want to chase the shiny objects, go after what's the easiest thing. It looks really cool. Let's, that's new. But it doesn't align at all with what the rest of their business is or the business structure. That is not going to suit you well. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's time to really look and see how can you enhance what you, like I've said before, enhance the product offering that you have. Just make sure it's in alignment because if you take your team down a whole nother path, you're going to disrupt the business. I can assure you of that. Um, so Very you good. definitely want to look at that. Great advice. Gina, uh, before we leave, uh, tell us, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you. What's the best way to do that? Yeah. So the best way to get a hold of me is through LinkedIn. Um, just connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's me. It's not somebody else checking it. It's me. Check. I'll check in. I'll um, you know, respond to your request. If you need something, just message me through LinkedIn. You can also find out about me on my website, ginafolk.com. Um, but yeah, everything's on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the best way to connect. Yeah, well, that's nice and easy to do. I want to take the time to say on behalf of our listeners, thank you for taking the time out of your day uh, to share your wisdom, your thoughts, your story, 
Uh, we're always a benefactor of people like yourself who are so generous. So I, again, I want to thank you for being on the show. Yes, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And I hope you have a great day. I'm glad you're okay down there in Tampa, Florida. Yes, thank you so much. Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.